Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. If I can answer the question on inheritance tax, which I think came from you at the back, wasn't it? Yep. So inheritance tax is one of those things uh, which bites you on the bum uh, when you get to a certain age and you realize that uh, you've not planned for passing over your estate to your children. And by that time, it's, it's too late. Uh, so uh, you all look much younger than I do, by the way. And I'm sure you feel it too. Uh, and so th my advice to you is start your inheritance tax planning from day one. So for example, if we're forming a limited company, what you could do is, uh, and the flexibility you have in a limited company, is you can give different shares to different people. So you have something called ordinary shares, which is, which is ordinary share capital in a company. You, let's say you've got three children, you can give them what, what, what we call alphabet shares. So A class shares, B class shares, C class shares, so on and so forth. They're called alphabet because they start from A and go all the way to Z. You can control the, the amount of rights that they have. So you can give control how much income rights they have, what rights they have on capital, and what rights they have in terms of voting. So generally speaking, the younger they are, the less you want to give them in terms of voting rights. As they become older and mature, you might want to give them some voting rights. And the way to do it is to keep the income flowing to you but to keep the capital growth, which is what you were talking about, the capital growth to go to your, to your children. So let's say you start now, and in 20 years' time, what you want is you want to keep earning the income, but the, the, the value of, and the increase in the shares and the property all goes to your children. So then when you get to a particular age when you pass away, okay, the children, your estate is reduced because most of the value, which is in property, has already been given to your children through the alphabet shares. Now that's quite complicated and I've made it very simple just to raise your awareness rather than going to it in detail. Does that help? If you, and if, you, and if you already have property, then you have a problem. Because if you transfer the, the property to, to your husband or wife, no capital gains tax to pay. If you transfer, but, but you have to pay stamp duty land tax if it has a, a mortgage on it. Uh, if you, uh, and the mortgage is over £40,000. If you transfer property to your children, son, daughter, okay, you have to pay capital gains tax and stamp duty land tax if it has a mortgage. On top of that, uh, if you die within seven years of making the gift, it then falls within the remit of inheritance tax. So that's why it's important if you're all starting off, think about alphabet shares and forming a limited company so you can give uh, capital rights to your children so that they get all the capital growth. That's it in a nutshell. With that, I mean, we can talk about inheritance tax all day long. So if, if you follow that, I think you'll be okay. Unless you've got any particular question or scenario which I'm happy to answer. Okay. Apart from vertical shares, as you're yes. about, is there any benefit of, say, your children being directors in the company? So the children have to be over 16 to be directors. Yes. Uh, there's no benefit in being a director because a director is an officer, officer of a company 
and they could be an employee. So if your question is, by the way, can I add my children to the payroll to pay them a, uh, a salary? Yes, you can. If your question is just to make them a director, as long as you feel they're going to be responsible and are going to follow the company law rules, you can make them a director. But there's no distinct benefit to you for them to be a director, apart from giving them responsibility. Right, I was thinking in terms of the inheritance tax. No, because inheritance tax is based on value. Okay, so I could have a company and I could give you a job as a director, so therefore you become a director and an employee of a company. That doesn't mean you own any shares in the company. Okay, the shares are owned by the shareholders and that's why we want to create those alphabet shares to give the shares to children because that's where all the growth goes. Directors are just employees, nothing else. They just have more responsibility and are responsible for making sure that the company operates within the rules of the law. Is that okay, my friend? Or do you have anything else around that? No, I think uh, it clarifies that. Okay, good. Oh, so if you have a child, uh, I'm talking about someone under 18, uh, and they own less than 20% of the shares, usually you're okay because you'll hold the shares in trust on their name. But if the bank or a third party lender finds out, they want to know a bit more information. So it makes it a bit harder for you to get mortgages. It does. If uh, in, in your name, and in your name only, and you've got a deed of trust in place, and you don't tell anybody anywhere, uh, then you don't have to tell the bank. It's easy to get the mortgage. But the problem is if, you, if it's through a limited company, which it usually would be, you, every year you file something called a confirmation statement. And on there, it's got uh, an, uh, a section for person, a person of significant control, PSC. And if your children own something, a uh, share, you've got to declare it there. If you don't, it becomes a criminal offence. So, you, so you're better off adding the children and giving them, let's say, 15% shares by way of alphabet shares. But then, I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can here, by the way. But then you've got something called growth shares. So let's say you've got an existing company and you've bought properties over the last 10 years and those properties are now worth two million pounds. You could freeze your shares, okay, and they're called freeze the shares, and then you create new alphabet shares, A, B, C, and so on and so forth, and you, you call them growth shares. So you say, my shares are frozen now, all the future growth goes to the alphabet shares. So you give the future growth to them. That usually happens at some stage if when a business owner, property investor, wants to add their children later on in life. It's better and cheaper and more efficient for you to add them from day one. But if you can't for some reason, then if you do it later on, then go for the freezer growth shares. Okay? Thank you. So we'll come to your question, Kevin, and then we're going to uh, answer some of these. So your question was around... Well, I a few questions, but... You asked something earlier. The last one. So if I have um, five or ten properties yes. as a sole trader, yep. and... Um, yeah, I can reduce that, but I'll just give you that as an example. Five or ten, and in a limited company, you know, let's say I have two or three. Um, is it better to leave all of my five there rather than transferring it over to the limited company? Okay. Or do I just transfer everything? Okay. So your question, Kevin, links to our friend over here, Rob. Yeah. Question, okay? So where people find themselves since 2016, 2017 is previously most people were buying property in their own names. 
And the main reason for that is it's easy to buy in your own name and the mortgage rates were less in your own name. So everybody was buying property in their own name. Uh, and then George Osborne changed the rules uh, and then something called Section 24 came in, which is where you can't claim all the mortgage costs. So Rob, if you have one property, which is in your own name, if you tra transfer that into a limited company, mm -hmm. if you've lived in the property since you've owned it, mm -hmm. no capital gains tax to pay, okay? That's covered by your principal private residence relief, okay? okay. Uh, if you haven't lived in the property and it's a buy to let, yeah. when you transfer it, you'll have to pay capital gains tax, right. which is the value today, less the value when you bought it, yeah. Any difference there, you'll pay 18% tax. Right. Uh, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, yeah. if you're a high rate taxpayer, 28%. And if you lived in it for a period before you done, you want to transfer. Okay, then you work out how long you've owned it for. Okay. Okay, and let's say you've owned it for 100 months. Yeah. And let's say you've rented it initially at the start for 30 months. Or the other way around. Other way around, it could be other way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'll do that because that's easy and then I'll, then I'll, I'll do the other way. So you initially rented it for 30 months, yeah. lived in it for, for 70 months, yeah. you work out your capital gain, and let's say it's 10,000 pounds. So 30% of the time you were renting the property, so of that 10,000 pounds, yeah. you pay 30% of it in tax. Right, okay. okay. If you've lived in it first, mm -hmm. and then you've rented it, mm -hmm. okay, and let's say it's 70-30 again, from the 30, and the, it's a, just an odd, odd tax rule, the nine month, the last nine months before you sell the property is deemed to be your, you're deemed to have occupied it. Okay. So, so even though you haven't lived in it for the last nine months, for tax purposes, you have lived in it. So, so you get 70 months plus nine months, yeah. 79, and the other 21 months you pay tax on. So using our earlier example, 10,000 pounds, 21% of that you'd pay in tax, okay? But then you've also got the complication of paying stamp duty land tax. So, yeah, so one, one property rob, again, it's a blanket answer. I probably wouldn't transfer it uh, into a Limited. company. Right. What I would do, however, right. is if you, have, if you have a husband or a wife, yeah. you could. I think she's gone to the toilet. She's gone to the toilet? Okay, <laughs> okay. While she's gone, I'll give, you the, well, I'll give you the advice and then you can decide whether you want to give it to her or not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> If you, you could give some of the property to her, okay? And if you want to do that, uh, de depending on whether or not you have a mortgage, you can create a deed of trust, okay? And you pass the beneficial ownership to her. And to create that, you just go to a local law firm. They'll create that for you. Once you've done that, then you complete a Form 17 with HMRC within 60 days of signing the deed of trust. And then you assign her some of the uh, capital and the income. So let's say you're a basic rate, high rate taxpayer and you're earning 55,000 pounds a year. Yeah. And let's say your wife works, let's say it's a part-time nurse in a local hospital and earns 25,000 pounds. Yeah. You could assign 90% of the capital and income to her. So she gets most of it and uses up her basic rate band and you only get 10%. So that's a, uh, an option. The other option, and I'll link it back to the question over here, somebody asked about, uh, using a sole trader and a limited company as a management company, you could, my friend Rob, form a management company and which, 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 which then charges fees, so you just move that income into a limited company. However, for one property, I think it's worth doing. So the, so the most effective method is the deed of trust. Deed of trust. The only, thing, the only caveat for you is if you have a mortgage, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, look, read the terms and conditions, which nobody ever reads, by the way, okay? But read them. As long as there's nothing in there to say, if there's a change in beneficial ownership, that you must advise them. If that clause isn't in there, you're okay. If there's a clause there saying, legal or beneficial ownership must be run past us first, then you have to tell them you're changing the ownership into your wife's name. Okay? That's very important. If you do that, your problem is solved. Gotcha. Thank you. Okay. Very much. Our friend asked earlier about uh, having a management company. So quite often, what we have is we have a scenario where, let's say, you've got five properties in your own name. You come to see me, and I then say to you, and then I'll answer your question, Kevin, about five or ten properties as well in a minute. And then you say, I don't want to transfer the properties into a limited company, Shaz, because you just said I've got to pay eighty thousand pounds capital gains tax and another twenty-five thousand pounds in SDLT. This is too much. Okay, then what you could do is form a limited company which manages all your property, like a letting agency. You can charge up to 15%, can't charge more than 15%. 15% of the gross rent you can charge as a fee and shift that income into a limited company, which means you reduce your profits as a sole trader or, or a partnership. Therefore, Section 24 has less of an impact uh, on you. Yeah, was that your question, Kevin? Yeah, that was that. Was that your question, George? Yeah, okay, sorry. It was a good question, George, so I thought it, it probably came from Kevin, by the way. That's why I gave it to him. Okay, to, to answer your other question, Kevin, if you have five or more properties, or ten, then you have something called Section 162 Incorporation Relief. Okay, and if you have a property business or any business, you can incorporate, which means moving it from a sole trader, one person, or a partnership, two or more, into a limited company, and when you do that, you pay no capital gains tax. But you have to have a business. And how do we define we have a business for property pur purposes? You, you have to spend 20 hours, okay, running your property business, and ideally, those properties should not be managed by a third-party letting agent. You do those two. Second one's not that important, but, but it is because if, if you manage it yourself, you're spending more hours on it. But if you're spending 20 more hours, you can move all your property into a limited company and pay no capital gains tax when you move them, which is a huge saving, by the way. How much is capital gains? It's 18% uh, if you're a basic rate taxpayer. So if your income is less than 50,000 pounds a year, 18%. If it goes over 50,000, it's 28%. So it's significant, penal. Yeah. Who does it? Who does it? As in, who, who helps you do it? You can come to someone like me and, and uh, uh, I'll assist you. If you have a finance in place, then we need to refinance your portfolio. There are some people out there who say to you, you don't have to refinance, you can do what Rob might do, have a deed of trust. I don't think it works for incorporation, uh, Kevin. It works for the stuff we talked about with Rob. So you have to refinance. But you may have to pay stamp duty land tax, Kevin. If you have two or more people who own the property together as a partnership and they incorporate, no stamp duty land tax. One person owns it, 5, 10, 15, hour, or however many, you have to pay STLT. So there's a way around it for two or more people, no STLT, one person, STLT payable. But the big benefit of incorporating is this. Let's say uh, Bilal bought 10 properties over the last 10 years for 100,000 pounds each. So he spent a million pounds so far on those properties. And let's say those properties now are worth two million Bilal, okay? So you've made a gain of a million pounds. If Bilal sells those properties today, 
he'll have to pay 28% tax on most of that gain. So £280,000. And I don't think you like that idea, do you, Bilal? He doesn't like that idea. He says, no, no, no. Yeah. So what Bilal can do is he, trans he transfers the properties into a limited company and claims Section 162 incorporation relief because he's got 10 properties and he can justify he's spending 20 hours a week in his business. And because he started as a partnership, okay, with his partner, uh, he doesn't pay standard land tax. When those properties move into the limited company, the new base cost for tax purposes is 2 million. So if Bilal sells those properties the year after for 2.2 million, even though he, he paid 1 million for them over the last 10 years, because the day he moved them into the limited company, they were worth 2 million, Bilal's only made a 200 grand profit. Okay? And so he's going to save a ton of tax. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Yeah, there you go. So, George. Of course you can. So you've got two people. Uh, Thank you, sir. All of the properties as a partner. Partnership, yeah. yeah. And you say, I'm assuming there's no mortgage in these properties. If you don't transfer them to a limited Most people have mortgages, George, but if you don't, it's even better. Because the, my argument to you would be, though, if you don't have any mortgages, why do you want to transfer them into a limited company? Because your claim, there's no interest cost to claim. Yeah, so, so most people who transfer usually have a mortgage. You might have some other reason for incorporating, by the way, but usually people who want to incorporate want to claim all their finance costs, so they have a mortgage. Let's continue looking at that. Yep. The, the second scenario which you, you, you gave an answer to was, so you've got all these properties, mm -hmm. and you want you're not, you're not sure that you want to move it into a limited company, but you like a limited company to act as a management company. Yes. Do you transfer all of the income to the management company and it in turn then pay you a fixed amount, whatever that is? Or yep. do you simply transfer a percentage of the income to the management company? Which is the best? You can do both. So you can, you, you, can, you can either get the limited company to act as a managing agent, if you do that, you only charge, you can charge up to 15% management fees, okay? Or you can do something which our friend over here was talking about at the start when I walked in the room, he mentioned the words rent to rent. You can do a rent to rent agreement where you uh, assign a lease option to your limited company, let's say a lease for uh, five years, and then all the income goes into the limited company. Limited company pays a standard rate to you as a sole trader, and the rest of the money stays in the limited company. You could do either or. Yep. Happy that, George? Thank you. Any other questions on that? No? Good. Are you happy now? Very Good. So, buying overseas will do in a second. Can you use a limited company to reduce tax? Who asked this question here? Can you reduce, use a limited company to reduce tax? Is it you, my friend? <laughs> if anybody's got any problems with flies, just call John, he's your man, okay? He's your man. Yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking, limited companies are more 
tax efficient. And the reason why that is, is because the government has more transparency with a limited company. So if you're a sole trader, for example, when you bought your name, sir? Charlie. Charlie, if you're a sole trader, nobody knows your business. The only people who know your business is you. Maybe if you have a, a life partner, your accountant, possibly your bank manager, and HMRC. Nobody else knows your business, unless you tell them. Limited company, when you form a company, you have to form a company with company's house. Your information becomes more public, more transparent. You file your accounts every single year with company's house. People can see who the different directors are and who the shareholders are, okay? So that, the government wants that kind of transparency, so they keep the tax rates low for limited companies compared to sole traders and partnerships. So whoever asked that question, generally speaking, if it's like I said, if you're making 35,000 pound or more profit in a general business, you're better off having a limited company. If it's property, I think start with a limited company because you can't claim all your finance costs, yeah? So, but, but the bigger you are, the better it is to have a limited company. Because once you get on over 50,000 pounds, limited company at the minute only pays 19% tax. Sole trader, partnership, LLP, you're paying 40% tax when you go over 50,000 pounds. Why would, why would you want to pay more than double tax? Mm -hmm. Rob? And is there a, a level of threshold above which it would make sense to transfer? Let's say you bought one, then you bought two, you bought three, four, or would that be based on value of the property? Into, you mean from your own? Yeah. From. Uh, the, the test is 20 hours. Usually people say, how many properties do I need? I say six or more. Okay. Okay. Or, but six or more, if you have one HMO with six, uh, then, then you got six units. Then you got six units. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it could be one HMO or Six, two, right, two, two, two single lets and an HMO, or six single lets. Right, okay. okay. Combination yeah. that will get you six from six and above. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.